Welcome to She Makes Waves. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and I'm here to share with you a lot of realness and rawness about what it's really like and how we all have to let go of who we thought we had to be to live into who we actually are. I'm going to be sharing with you my truths and the truths of others and make waves while doing it. Who's with me? Because we're not going to be nice anymore. We're getting real. Buckle up, babe. Let's do this. All right, guys. So today we have an episode with Kimber Chapman. She's back for her second episode. And what I'm so excited about today is for her to be able to share with us the insight that she's gained in the last week of going back behind the chair and with all the new protocols, with all the new guidelines and just being being someone that I really respect and someone that I see myself in a lot. I'm so excited to hear from her about just things that she's learned in the last week. And I know like I've been seeing on Instagram, people are like, I'm more tired. I'm more this. And it's been super helpful to me to see what people have experienced because there's so much fear around the unknown right now. So uh, Kimber, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to be with us today and just, you know, have the floor, share what you can. <laughs> thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I do think so. You know, before you even invited me to come on the podcast today, I started a little just like diary journal, basically for my own thoughts in case this is to ever happen again, or we need these resources in the future. I wanted to have a little journal basically to cap out the first week back to work. Cause it was definitely, um, I felt fairly prepared and it was still unlike I expected. So, um, I want to preface this whole thing by saying that. And also, you know, um, I think if I want anybody to hear anything, I want it to be in the first few minutes of the podcast. Cause that's, you know, where people are still got their ears all tuned in. So I want everybody to know that no matter what great education you see out there, great resources, there's tons out there. Um, follow your gut. That's the biggest thing for me because nobody has done this before. It's unprecedented. We've said that word a hundred thousand times, but it truly is not, it's not anything we've had to deal with in our careers. So if your heart tells you something, follow it. If it tells, if it makes you feel icky, don't do it. Like everything is a personal choice and every state has their own laws, regulations, guidelines. Um, so just, go with the flow, go with what you feel. If you're one of those people that likes to take pieces of resources and, you know, use all of them, then go ahead and do that. If you listen to a hundred different resources and you're like, eh, I think I'm going to do this, then do that. Cause maybe your way is the right way too. We don't really know for sure. Um, so basically how we should open up, I think is prepper or preparing for your open date. So whatever that looks like a couple weeks out, maybe you could even start now if you're starting next week, or even if you're at the end of August, some things to keep in mind as we head into your new normal in quotation marks, which is another overused phrase right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing is to make sure you're communicating with your guests. I noticed from talking to a lot of local target market for me, um, the biggest thing they noticed was their stylist wasn't communicating to them and it was making them feel a little afraid. So just like we are nervous about going back, they are nervous about coming back, if that makes sense. That makes so much sense because I do feel like me not giving people a date is making them like, look at me like, what do you know that I don't know? And it's like, I don't know shit. 
Right. For sure, though, we do not know. And I think even if you say that via and my biggest way of communicating in a mass way is via email, just a weekly or biweekly, if you're really far out update of just, hey, this is what I know. And maybe it could be nothing different from the week before, but at least you they know and then they feel a little bit better. Like, OK, she said she doesn't know, so I'm going to trust her. But if you do know, then you can start talking about your new protocols, guidelines, how you're going to start rescheduling, things like that. Keeping them in the loop, I've noticed, has made them less likely to stray away. And that's something I'll talk about in a few minutes too, but they are straying away. And I don't want anybody to get afraid of that. Just bless and release. Embrace it because it's going to happen. It might not happen to you, but it could be happening to a stylist three doors down to you. And now their clients are wondering where they should go and they might be wanting to come to you. And it's a whole thing. That's something that I've definitely seen in the past couple of weeks. Um, so make sure you're communicating via email. If you keep them in the loop, then they're way more likely to stay comfortable through the whole process. The other thing that the big thing, other big thing that I think is important as you lead up to your restart date is practicing that muscle movement because day three for me was rough. And um, I even did a couple of mannequins last week, kind of preparing. I did like an extension install and I did like some haircut motions and I, you know, practiced holding my scissors and things like that. Uh, if you've taken a maternity leave, then this might already be something like that you do. So I kind of knew like, yeah, I got to kind of ease back into this. So I just working your muscles, getting your body moving, standing on your feet for a little bit longer than maybe you have been while you've been binge watching Netflix for eight weeks. I think that that is really important as you get closer to your restart date. Um, and then <clears throat> rescheduling. So Everybody has their own method of rescheduling, but just know it kind of goes back to that communication piece that as long as you're keeping your guests updated, then they feel a lot more comfortable. I personally eliminated everything when we got like the third extension. I was like, okay, I'm over this. Like I was before that, I was kind of letting them reschedule where they could and things like that. And then it just got way too crazy, obviously, as more appointments needed to be rescheduled. So then I started just wiping the slates clean. How I rescheduled was prioritizing those high ticket guests. And this is a totally personal thing, um, but I need to recoup some of the money that I've lost over the past eight weeks. So I manually rescheduled all of my guests in a, I would say I'm crazy for the next six weeks. I manually rescheduled everybody. They all got their email and text notifications because I do all the online booking. And I told them in their notifications, like if this is an issue, contact me and I'll put you on the wait list when my online scheduling reopens. So that is, might sound a little controversial. That's just how I did it. And I had almost no issues. There were a couple people that either weren't comfortable coming in so soon, or maybe, um, you know, a couple of people that had issues, but majority wise, that rescheduling method worked for me. And I think that if you choose those high priority guests, so your extensive colors, your extension installs, things like that. It gets you more money and you know you maintain that relationship where I don't want to say that if you just have haircut clients, they're not as important. But I think personally, an extension grow out of 12 weeks or a root touch-up grow out of 6 to 12 weeks, depending on you know when you're going back, it's a lot more important to them than somebody who is just a haircut. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I've actually seen quite a few stylists and I've been having fun inter- and interested in how everyone's doing it because there's not a one size fits all. And I have a friend um, who was saying she's only going to take clients that are color and cut to start. And so mm-hmm. everyone's just doing what they need to do. And like, I totally, I think so many different things make sense for different people. And like, you know, I know it's controversial, of like, are some people raising prices or some people not like, I am going to, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's just some of my services and that's just what makes sense. And I've talked to some of my, my other friends too, that have said like, it's a business. And if the profit margins aren't there, like we're not running non-for-profits and this is a, a difficult time, but at the same point, I can't go into work and operate at a loss because it makes people uncomfortable because then I'm not being a responsible business owner. Yes. And I think this is, you know, this is another tip that I hadn't even thought about, but it's perfect for right here is that I think a lot of us have noticed through this process that that relationship that you may have thought that you had with somebody is a little more transactional than you may have thought before. Like you may have thought that you had this great relationship, but now because you can't get Sally in for three weeks after you open, she strays with somebody else and you're like, oh, Okay. So, I mean, in general, I think we're realizing the client stylist relationship, although it's great. I love my clients. I know everybody has a relationship with their clients. It's way more transactional than we may have previously thought. So you really do have to think about yourself when you're reopening. Um, Those who are really passionate for you will stay and those who are not will go. And that's totally fine because I've had more new client requests in the past three weeks than like I think I've had since I opened my business, like they are out there. So do not get worried if your clients want to stray away because there are plenty more where that came from. Um, And it's an opportunity. Yeah. It's like an opportunity to have the courage to create the business that maybe you've always wanted, but didn't have the mental space to just really execute. Exactly. Now is the time. I think when you wipe the slate clean, which I think everybody at this point should, that is one thing that I will say, that's probably a good idea if you haven't thought about that. Um, When you wipe the slate clean, you have the freedom, you have the opportunity, you have everything in front of you that I'm sure in your mind you've dreamed of and asked for. Like, can I just have my dream schedule? Can I just work with the people I want to work with? It's literally being handed to you in a weird way, but it's being handed to you take the opportunity while it's in front of you. Because once you get back in the swing of things and you're booked out for six weeks, fitting everybody in, you're kind of stuck again. So now is definitely the time for sure. Yeah. I love that. And so the next thing, I think we've kind of covered everything that I can think of before you start opening. Now it's uh well in the days leading up to, and now I think like, as you start to reopen, you want to start making sure that you're setting up like sort of like an assembly line system Again, every state is different with what they are requiring and suggesting as far as guidelines go. I live in Indiana, and honestly, we are a little lax. I think that's a good thing and a bad thing because the good thing about that is you can do what makes you comfortable, and you don't have to do what doesn't make you comfortable. The bad thing about that is you can do what makes you comfortable, and you don't have to do what doesn't make you comfortable. Um, So things like masks, face shields, the hazmat suits we've been seeing out of some of these states are not necessarily required here. And if that makes you comfortable, please do it. I think that's one of the great things about it is you can do whatever you want, but you don't necessarily have to. But I think the big thing that's consistent through all these states is obviously sanitation is taken like tenfold from where we were. And 
salons, as you know, are already a super clean space. So this extra sanitation is just crazy. I've learned that it doesn't, once you get into the flow of it, it doesn't take like, we're seeing, oh, we're going to have to book on 30 minutes and um, things like that. I do think that adding that extra appointment time does help. I've noticed the cleaning for me, once I had it down to my method, wasn't taking as long. It was obviously the new growth. Uh, People are wanting to talk more than ever, obviously, because you're probably one of the first people that they're seeing out of this quarantine. Things like that were taking the most time versus the actual sanitation process in between clients once you have it down. So I want to give like a couple of tips for getting that system down because this is something we've never done before. So make sure you kind of have a, an assembly line system set up so you're not running all around your salon to get what you need. Even if you're in a 120 square foot studio, it's like if you have your clips over here, but your shears over there and your colors over there, then you're like running all over the place and just wasting a lot of time. And this is something that you can do from here on out, you know, like maybe you didn't even notice you were doing this before. Uh, so set up that like assembly line kind of system. I have like a rolling cart that I keep next to my station and my drawers are labeled. And at this point I've like covered them in saran wraps, everything that's in the drawers. Once it's sanitized, it's covered, but keeping everything in those drawers, like one, two, three helps me know, Oh, I have my color brushes in one drawer. Then I need to grab clips. Then I need to grab this versus running to 8,000 different cabinets and drawers around the salon to get all that stuff. So I use also some sanitation totes that they're lined up. Uh, I have room to hide them away from my guests that I know not a lot of people do depending on where they're at. So just a couple of small like Rubbermaid totes filled with like a barbicide mixture to set everything in because that little jar is not going to cut it at this point. So um, if you have multiple jars, that might help. But I literally just found that having that Rubbermaid tote and just throwing everything in there is like the quickest way to sanitize everything. And then for tools and things, make sure you're using like a 70% alcohol spray to spray in between each use. Uh, You can decide whether or not you want to wear gloves. I have not been wearing gloves for everything, but I've been wearing gloves for most things. And if you are wearing gloves, make sure you are still sanitizing those gloves. Because as we know, if you touch something that's dirty with the glove and then you touch something else, now that thing is dirty. So make sure you're still sanitizing those gloves in between. And uh, remove everything that doesn't need touch. So magazines, soft surfaces. If you have seating in there that isn't necessary now that you won't be like double booking or um, your waiting area isn't as clogged up, then just take that out because that's less stuff that you have to sanitize. Yeah, I feel like you're you're like a doctor scrubbing in. It is. It does kind of feel like that the first couple days. I think that when you are wearing like that whole getup that we've seen, it makes it even more like, I don't know, anxiety drives it a little bit. Like I feel more anxious with a face shield on than I do without the face shield on. Uh, what I've seen a lot of actually, you know what, my Mm -hmm. therapist told me something fascinating today that the minute we put a mask on or something like that, we go into fight or flight. That's absolutely true. (laughs) I I know. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. I do think so. Obviously, I'm wearing a mask because that's the that's the one thing besides the like millions of sanitation protocols we now have that's across the board. I know it's a debatable thing, but it does make your clients feel better if you're wearing a mask, even if you hate it. That's what I've also noticed that like if you're wearing a mask, they feel more comfortable, but obviously only get to a point where you feel comfortable. And for me, that face shield was not cutting it. It was way too hot. I felt like I was a Star Wars character 
just no. So um, do what you want. Do what makes you comfortable. For me, the face shield was not it. Um, and then as far as cleaning goes, all the supplies that you think you have enough of, you probably don't. So just get what you can when you can. I've been through one container of Clorox wipes just in the past week. So um, that's like, I bought a three pack from Costco, but that's not going to last me very long. So um, whatever you have, just make sure that you have enough of it. I mean, it is crazy. how It does feel like you're kind of scrubbing in for surgery every time that you walk into the room. Everything that has been touched needs to be either sprayed, wiped down, anything like that to really truly prevent anything from happening. And then even if somebody who's asymptomatic comes in, assuming they're not coughing or anything like that, they're wearing your mask, you're wearing your mask and you're wiping down everything, then you have nothing to worry about. I think that's what has made me feel better that as long as I'm doing everything I can, I have nothing to worry about for the most part. I know, you know, there's always a small chance, but for the most part, you have nothing to worry about. And um, I think that kind of leads us into feelings Lindsay, why don't you tell me how you're feeling right now? Because I want to see, I know I've, I've talked to people here, but I kind of want to know how people in like those really big hotspot states like Illinois are feeling. I would say that I feel like when I think of my clients that I really enjoy, I'm like, I would love to go in and see those four people and do those like have like slower kind of like ease into it days. And then there is a part of me that is like, Oh God, is this worth it? Like, Mm -hmm. should I just wait a little longer? Because is it worth the risk so that I can get a little bit more comfortable in my life? Like, I don't know. I guess I I feel like I kind of teeter. Yeah, that's good. I think that that's, you actually summed it up for the most, for the most part, I'm noticing that stylists are saying, is it worth it? Like, is all of this really worth it? I know for some people it is because, you know, they haven't been receiving unemployment or they didn't get through on that PPP loan or they're really having a hard time. They're a single income household. They have kids, they have you know family members to take care of. So for them, it is worth it. And that's why I think we're seeing this passion on one side for going back or on the other side, we're like, eh, we're comfortable. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nobody should ever feel guilty for their situation, yeah. but some of us are comfortable and it makes it kind of hard to go back and risk our own comfortability for the sake of somebody else. And that's, if you're feeling that way, that's totally fine. Like that's a totally, anything you're feeling right now is totally fine. If you feel like I need to get food on the table and this is what I have to do to get food on the table. Good for you. If you feel like I'm a little nervous, um, I don't think this is worth it yet. Totally fine. Like you can do whatever you want. Uh, personally, I had a little bit of anxiety going back, but I don't think it really tied around the virus. I felt like the anxiety that I had around the virus, it just isn't going to go away until this is over. Like it's not going to go away until there's vaccine. Mm -hmm. We don't know when that's going to be. So I decided personally that it was, I had to push through that little bit of anxiety I had to kind of get back to my normal life. My, my husband even said in therapy today that to our therapist, he said, you know, I noticed she was a lot happier this week and I can't help but to think that it might be because I kind of got back into my routine that even though I was exhausted, even though I didn't want to do anything when I got home, that just having that routine back was very helpful for me. So for some people, that's what they want. They want to return to a sense of normalcy. Our clients do, maybe we do. So that was kind of my feelings going back as I wanted to get 
my life back. So, um, no, totally. Yeah. And then again, there's tons of resources out there, but I think if you follow your heart, maybe your state opens back up and you're not ready, then do not open because it's not going to be good for your soul and your spirit and your mental health. Like, and you are the most important. It goes back to what I said about it kind of being transactional. If your side of the transaction isn't working and pull it, like you don't, you do not, nothing is saying you have to return back to work just because your state is opening. Nobody's saying that that means you have to go back to doing what you do. And again, bless and release. There will be people that are passionate enough to still, you know, be with you through all this. And there will be people that are not. And that's totally okay. And uh, that covers the feelings part. So, and then timing wise, make sure that you're adding, I would say about 30 minutes. I've been adding 15 and I found on days one and two, I was running way behind. Um, Days three and four, I was right on time, but like, I probably could have used a few more minutes. And then I finally had it all together by the end of the week, but just make sure that you're adding that extra time to your service. Yeah. What do you think that's for? Is it, is it, is it that people are like the service is taking you longer or the people are talking more or the cleaning or just a combination of all? I think it's a, it's a combination of all, but to me, the cleaning didn't necessarily take as long as I was anticipating which is good. That's a good thing. But I think that people are just like coming out for a second and they want to talk and they have things to vent about. Maybe they don't have a therapist that they talk to every Monday from five to six, like I do. Um, and they just want to get out and talk to you and you're like, okay, well, Karen's sitting out there in the lobby. So I got to get you out of here. You want to make sure that for those couple of hours, you're really taking care of them. So if that means adding on a couple of extra minutes, just to make sure that they feel great, I think it's worth it. Um, I've noticed if you are a tipping salon that people are wanting to like give and give and give, I, I do not accept tips right now, but people have been bringing gifts instead, if that makes sense. And people are just excited to see you. Uh, so the, I think that once you start seeing how excited people are, it makes you feel a little less nervous and a little more excited, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. And then, so kind of a rundown of how my first week went just for, so everybody's prepared. I think we kind of talked about all the things we can yeah, do leading up to it. Yeah, please read diary aloud. Yeah. So day one, I felt that adrenaline and excitement. Everyone was excited, super nice, just super ready to get out of the house and just get back to that sense of normalcy. But I think all that came at a price of running about 20 minutes behind on everybody. And that was with my added 15 minutes. So if I were still in pre-coronavirus service timing, I would have been running at least 30 minutes behind with everybody, which is not good. Um, I kept forgetting where everything was. Like, I don't know, maybe maybe not everybody's like this, but I felt like, oh my gosh, where are my gloves? Oh my gosh, where is the developer? Like, I just was, I didn't have a system yet because that's something that I didn't think about until after I had already started. So that's why I made sure to put it in my notes for today. Um, and then day two, it ran more on time. I had started to figure out, I like basically spent all the, after day one, when it was over, I was like, okay, that's not going to work. So, um, day two, I figured out more systems for sanitation that were a little easier, like the rubber made totes with the barbicide solution to kind of dump everything in. And, um, then a clean bin for everything to dry out. And, uh, I just got my system a little bit more down pat. So then day three, <clears throat> everything ran on time. Everything was smooth but I personally started to feel burnt out already. And I was only on day three. 
So that's not great. (laughs) I was regretting not easing back into things. I really threw myself in that first week working 50 hours. So I was starting to really regret doing that. And, you know, hindsight is 2020. I can't change it now. But um, my excitement started to cloud my judge. Like, I feel like my excitement was clouding my judgment. So I couldn't really decide what was the appropriate amount of work for one week. Um, I was so Story excited. of my life. Man. Yes, yeah. Uh, I was so excited to get back. Everybody was telling me like, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to see you. And I'm like, I can't wait to see you. And unfortunately, that caused a 50 hour work week the first week I was back. So uh, that's another big piece of advice I would give is um, day three was really, really hard for me. And it's where I had a lot of like, hindsight is 2020 moments. I would personally I know it's hard because we've been away for so long ease into that work week. Like don't pull if you're normally, I'm normally 30 hours behind the chair. I don't really uh, pull full time behind the chair anyway on a normal basis. And then I went straight into 50 hour weeks. So by day three, which well, is I think of, that might actually kill me. Yes. I, just, I'm like, I don't know. Like I just got home. My husband was like, clearly I need to give her space. Like she needs lots of space. Uh, and you know, it was fine. I think it's just getting back into that too. Like you're, you are, I've always considered hairstylists day makers. So you are making somebody's day, but sometimes it, it comes at the cost of your own health and sanity. So make sure you are taking care of yourself because it's just not worth it to pull 50 hour week to make everybody else happy and not you. That day I also went home with like excruciating shoulder and back pain, like so bad. I've never had back pain that bad in my life when I was working behind the chair before all this. So I think it was just a bad day in general. Um, so I learned a lot from that day too, which is good. So that leads me to day four Mm -hmm. where I decided this is not worth it. So I made sure to, uh, you know, rub my blue oil in on my muscles that were already sore and tender. I'm not even an oil person, but that stuff just helps so much. So like, uh, doTERRA has one, Young Living has one, whatever you decide to do, or maybe Advil is your thing. Make sure you do it because it's not going to hurt. I came home exhausted, but that day was extra smooth Day five, I was exhausted, 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 but I started to feel super grateful um, that I'm able to do this, that everybody did want to come back to me. And I think that mindset helped kind of cap the week. So all in all, it was super exhausting. I learned a lot of things in that first week that I wish somebody would have been able to tell me (laughs) before I went back. Um, And I'm even more excited for this coming week because now I know exactly what to do. Yeah. So I, I'm so curious to know like what like the biggest takeaways that like you learned from like, I feel like like having the time off and then going back and going grind mode, like what did you kind of feel like you learned from quarantine, like how you had been doing hair or how this industry is like how you want it to be like next week, but beyond. Yeah. I actually, had the biggest realization that I was happy. Like I was super happy with everything that I was doing and having that set up before I started so that I didn't spend a day in quarantine stressing was so nice. I mean, sure. We have things to stress about like, Oh my gosh, I haven't worked for eight weeks. Where's the money? What am I going to do? But I knew that my business was okay. That baby was on autopilot. She was doing her thing. Um, she was emailing all the people when she needed to. And I was like, you go girl, because I set you up that way, you know? And so for probably one of the first times in my career, I actually felt really, really great about every decision I made leading up to quarantine because it set me up in a place where I knew 
once this started exactly what I needed to do. And so my main thing now, I think, is that I want to share that with others. Like I want to just spread as much as I can to make everybody else feel like they got this because you do, you do. Like I said before, there's no right way. There's no wrong way. You really have to follow your gut. And if something is making you feel icky, don't do it. If it makes you feel happy, do it. Yeah. I love that. And I love, I love that you want to help people because even just coming on here, like being so candid, it, it does help people. It helped me. And I feel like what you were saying about being excited and your excitement clouding your judgment is something that I think was kind of one of my big takeaways from everything you've just said, because I think that we do that as hairstylists. We're like, Oh my God, I know what you want. And I want it too. And I want it for you. And then you're mm-hmm. like, end of the week, you're, you get home and your husband's like, well, look at you. And you're like, don't look at me. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> I mean, I think from Friday through Sunday, we didn't make a single meal. Like we got, I mean, we haven't been to a restaurant yet, but we ordered pizza one night. We got takeout another night. I was like, I just can't like my hands cannot do it. Like they can't. You're like, I need you to actually feed me. Right. Exactly. Actually pick up the food and put it in my mouth. But yeah. And I think that other, the other biggest takeaway for people is if you do feel any amount of anxiety going back, like don't just don't, because it's only going to get worse. I was super excited and still halfway through the week crashed. So if you're not feeling 100 about it, wait until your heart is ready because nothing is worse than like hating your job three days into going back. You feel me? Yeah. And I have another, I had an idea of like having like four people come in to just try it out. The people yeah. that, I, that are my clients that I really trust being like, Hey, would you want to come in for like my first day so I can trial run this to see if I'm even comfortable moving forward. Yeah. So I think that like people need to realize that there are so many ways you can do this and you can like low key try something. And if it doesn't feel good, bounce. Like That's perfect. I just, I think that there's just so many ways to get through this. And I think that how you did it is awesome. And some people are going to resonate with it and go, that's how I want to do it. And then other people, like, I I mean, there's some people I've heard that are only booking out one week at a time. It's like, you got to do what feels right for you. Like, absolutely. I, I, I love that. That's your philosophy as well, because no one has to live your life. And even if it's like, like you, you, you had said the transactional relationship, like Teddy and I, Teddy brought that to my attention as well. Cause I know she's your sidekick as well. Yes. Yeah. And she's the one like, who tells me that all the time, by the way. Like oh she's God. the one who's like, this is transactional. I'm like, yes, you're so right. <laughs> but what an amazing wake up call to be in this time and to, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people and like some of us have said, like, you've gotten to see like who came in. It's not, not all people, but some people were coming in cause they love you and they like buy into you and they're like so invested in you. And some people are like, you're closed. I want my formula. Right. It's like, all right. All right, Pam, let me get you your formula. Well, and I don't know if you're dealing with this, but like the County just across the street from my County is still closed. So we are That's getting, confusing as hell. I know. I literally across the street from me, salons are not allowed to open. It's just one street in between us that I'm allowed to open and they are not. So unfortunately for them, there are clients searching for stylists five minutes away, but just happen to be in a different County. So um, again, I've noticed that as long as you're communicating with people and making sure that they feel taken care of, it's fine. But and if here's the thing, like if I decide I'm not comfortable going back, like I totally get that people are going to want to get their hair done. Like mm-hmm. here's the cool thing. People can go to, 
to my clients can go to Kimber one, one visit and then come back and we can share that person. Like I'm not old school that way. Like Mm -hmm. I'm totally like, if you have to go on a trip and I can't get you in, here's a recommendation. Here's three people I really like. Yes. And And that would be my advice. If you are anxious mm -hmm. to have a couple of people lined up who may be able, kind of like when, if you go on maternity leave, you set your clients up with someone else for that time that you're gone. And I think that would just make your client feel more comfortable and then more likely to come back to you. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's just confidence too. Like I'm not, I'm, I, I've heard some people say like, well, don't do color kits or like, I don't want my clients to know they can get it done somewhere else. Like, oh, I don't know cares? about anyone else, but I've been, I've been getting emails about how their color kits aren't working out. And I'm just exactly Holy spirit that I'm, that, that, that I'm not the one that was given the color kits out. Right. It's cool if you did. And if it uh-huh. worked for you, I know that like, my clients can't apply the same product that I apply and have it work the same. And I just can't, I can't with the emails. Yeah. Mm-mm. I kind of set it up in a way. My verbiage was basically everybody's in the same boat as you. I'm pretty like straightforward and honest with my clients. And I think some people like that about me and some people don't. Um, but either way, I, I would straight agree up that told my, how clients, my clients feel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I straight up told my clients, Hey man, you're going to have two inches of new growth. And so is Barb down the street. And you guys are going to be rocking your two inches of new growth together and everything will be fine and dandy. I'm not giving you anything to do it. I'm not selling you anything to do it. It is what it is. Yeah. Well, I also have some clients that were like kind of wanting to go gray and Mm -hmm. they're like, here I go. And I'm like, bombs away. Now's the time. I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm like, you know what? That actually might help me. I'm going to take you off the list. Yeah. But so do you have any like other main takeaways or someone, okay, let's just, let's do, let's do a fake scenario of you've got someone who's been off of work and realizing that they don't like the way they set their career up. Mm -hmm. What would be your biggest advice? Because I know that you've spent the last couple of years really perfecting your business and making it really work for the life you have. So you're not coming back with this aha moment as much as like, gratitude for how hard you've worked. But what would you say to someone who's like looking at their schedule or going, I'm overwhelmed. I used to see 14 people. I don't want to anymore. Like how would you direct them? I think that first, and this is something that Teddy and I talk about, you know, with main circle and things like that. First, I think it's a mindset shift where you have to understand scarcity versus strength. So if you are going back with those anxious feelings, it probably has something to do with that scarcity mindset. Maybe you're afraid you won't have any clients if you take away hours. Maybe you're afraid if you stop doing gray touch-ups, your favorite most people will just be so offended and leave you. Maybe you were afraid that you're going to go back and you'll have six weeks of craziness and then a couple weeks of like deadness and you want to make sure you get people there no matter what your fear is, it probably stems. And we all have the strongest of hairstylists still have these feelings that creep up of scarcity. So there's nothing wrong with feeling that way, but you have to do the work to shift that to a strength mindset. Of course, the general broad term would be like, you have this and you can do what you want. You've literally been handed this opportunity. Now is the time. Do what you want with it. Nobody else is going to judge you. We're, we're sitting here in this conversation right now. Like everybody's doing what they can do. You know, um, now is the time. If you want to change your schedule, now is the time. If now is the time you want to specialize in something, do it. Now is the time, but you have to get rid of that scarcity mindset and shift to know that you are strong and you are you and nobody else has that power. 
And you guys just had an amazing post on like scarcity versus what did you, what was the other? Scarcity versus strength. Yeah. And I loved it. And I feel like everyone should go read that because I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, that is so empowering to put the script like that. And even like salon owners who have been doing this for 20 years and have a 10 chair salon and the girl who just opened up her studio one week ago, we all have these feelings that creep up and uh, again, I keep bringing up therapy, but it's probably because I just had it today. <laughs> um, oh God, yeah, Mondays. Who? What hairstyles does not get therapy on Mondays? Right. I'm just kidding. I'm not shaming anyone. <laughs> I know, but we even had it today, where uh, you know he's talking to me and he's saying like your defense response because I'm I'm pretty defensive. So anyway, this is just independent. He stemmed it back mm-hmm. to fear, and everything stems back your response usually stems back to fear and like the mask, it's a fight or flight. You have to decide whether you're going to stand up for yourself and do what you want with your career or fly away and let people take advantage of you and fall back into the same sauce that you were simmering in before all of this started. But you are the only person who has the power to change it. No matter how many podcasts you listen to, no matter how many courses you take, no matter how many articles you read, none of it matters. If you don't put yourself in that strength mindset, I don't think. Okay, that is so amazing. And I saw this quote, and I just quickly found it that I heard yesterday. And I was like, Oh, my God, that's so true. And it said, and it makes you have compassion for other people. But this quote says an adult who needs to be right may have been a child whose reality was denied. And it's like, what do I do to protect myself? Like for some people, it's being like they say, it's not always just being right or being defensive. It's sometimes it's like being really agreeable or being yeah. easygoing. And like, like, it's like really interesting, like to have this space and this time to say, what's the thing that I do be, like that kind of denies my reality, but makes yeah. me feel safe or helps me to not feel fearful. Mm-hmm. And a hundred percent, like you're saying defensive mine for sure is agreeableness. Like I want to be easygoing and easy and I want it to work for other people. But a lot of times, like if, it's short term makes me feel safe, but it long term makes me really resentful because you're getting your needs met and I haven't expressed that I even have them. Yep. Yep. And so I immediately in any, in any sense of attack. So right now it's kind of the flood of clients, right? Like the flood of clients, their gates are open. I think I get that too. I think I get that too. I, I immediately respond in defense and some people, they, it is easy going, yes, I'll do this for you. And um, it's everything is fine. You're either the everything is fine person or the responds with snarky comments when it's inappropriate person. And either way, we can all get beers together, but we're all those kinds of people and we have to be aware of what kind of person we are. Well, I a hundred percent connect to what you just said. It depends on who you are. If you are going to get the email, that's like anything Pam, or if you're going to get the email, that's like Pam, this is the sixth time you've asked me when I'm opening. I've had enough. Right. It's like, it's like, <laughs> It depends on who you are, but I have, I have, that's so interesting. I just learned something about myself. So thank you. Yeah, I know. I'm here all the time for all of these. I'm a, I'm huge on self-awareness because I think until you are aware of yourself, there is nothing that can be fixed for you. We are in control of our own destiny, basically, for lack of a better term. But yeah, no, that, well, today was so helpful to me. And so if people were listening and they got a taste of something they want more of, where should they go? I know obviously main circle and then to your website or where can people find you? Yeah. So my personal is at Kimber Chapman underscore, because weirdly enough, there's some Kimber Chapman floating around in the universe. And then uh, Teddy Bickers and I's education group is called at main circle on Instagram, main dot circle, sorry, main dot circle. And if you're looking for 
you know, more motivational stuff, I would say to find yourself at main circle, especially this month, as we talk about finding dream clients in this new normal, because this is the opportunity. And if you want to build your dream clientele, now is the time. Uh, So more of that inspiration can be found there. But personally, if you ever need to reach out, you're not feeling it, you need advice. I'm telling you, I am. Uh, If I were like a personal trainer, I'd be the tough one. But I also give you a nice hug as I'm kicking your ass sort of thing to tell you this is on you, but I'm going to hug you through it. So if you ever need advice like that, you can reach out to me personally whenever you want DMs all the time. Yeah, and I know that's true because you've done that for me. So thank you so much. And I appreciate your time and hope you have a really peaceful, awesome second week in the salon. Thank you so much.